Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, you may learn something this morning. Now turn back to them and say, it's about time. Thank you for being here today. Many of you know who J.J. Watt is. He is uh, a football player. He attended high school in Wisconsin, and he was a great high school football player. After high school, he went to the uh, Central Michigan Chippewas in the Mid-American Conference, but his desire was to play Division I football at a major university, and since he was from Wisconsin, he really hoped that he could play for Wisconsin, but that wasn't the case. So he left Central Michigan, the Chippewas, and he moved back to Wisconsin, and he was going to enroll in the University of Wisconsin to complete his degree, and he was going to walk on the football team, hopefully getting a chance to play and getting a scholarship. So since he didn't have a scholarship, he delivered pizzas to make money. He worked for Pizza Hut. He was the Pizza Hut delivery boy. And on one of his pizza deliveries, he uh, delivered pizza to a house, and a young boy recognized him and was amazed that J.J. Watt was standing at his door delivering his pizza. And he looked at him and he said, what are you doing delivering pizzas? You're a great football player. Well, J.J. Watt said that renewed his desire to become a great football player and become a role model for kids. And I'm going to put his picture up here on the screen. And uh, most of you know he is a defensive uh, end for the, the uh, Houston Texans. J.J. Watt is six foot five. He weighs 285 pounds. He received the NFL Defensive Player uh, three times, five-time Pro Bowl selection, Pro Bowl MVP, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year in 2017. He helped raise $40 million when Hurricane Harvey came through the Houston area to help with that relief. He signed recently a six-year contract with the Texans for $100 million. Now, what does that have to do with anything, Pastor? How many of you think there was more to him than just delivering pizzas? Now, that doesn't mean that that's bad. We all start somewhere. But the point here is that sometimes we have potential that we never see. And we never realize. So if we could understand that and get that concept down, I think that you would realize there's more to you than what you think. How many of you think there's more to you than what you think? Now listen, I'm not talking about you outside. I know there's more to me than what you think. Okay, some of you get that on the way home. I'm talking about inside of you what God has put in you. So if there is more to us, how do we know that? How could we bring that out? And how could we develop that potential? You might say, well, uh, we're going to have self-examination. We're going to have a mentor. We're going to get more education. We're going to get more training. Uh, we might be in a better environment, bring better people around us. And those, those are all good things. But here's another perspective that I want you to consider today. Why would you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit work in your life? Because this is what I believe. You will never, ever reach your fullest potential unless you allow the Holy Spirit work through your life. 
Now, why is that? Because the Holy Spirit can do things that you cannot do on your own. Let me give you a verse. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit can be grieved, lied to, blasphemed, resisted, quenched, rebelled against, and those are all negative things. But what would happen if we actually yielded ourselves to the Holy Spirit instead of the negative things that we do in contrary to the things of the Holy Spirit? What could positive happen in our life if we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit? Now, if you were here last week, I said this. Sometimes we say, well, I just need more of the Holy Spirit. How many of you think sometimes the Holy Spirit needs to have more of you? And more of me. So when we yield to the Holy Spirit, I believe there's five things that happen. If you have a pencil and paper, get it out. So what can we learn this morning? Here's number one. Human wisdom is never enough to bring about our potential. Human wisdom will never be enough to bring about your human potential. Because most of us have potential that we've never tapped. How many of you have a, a, a smartphone, an iPhone? Uh, I, I think I have an iPhone 8. I'm going to go back to a 6. Not me personally, but on the illustration, I'm going to go back to a six just for a moment. There's an iPhone 10 now, an X. An iPhone 6, which came out a few years ago, can do more functions than you will ever use. This is how I use my iPhone. I talk on it, I text on it, I take pictures, I look stuff up, and that's about it. I'm going to guess about 90% of us, that's about all we do. We might use the calculator once in a while. Unless you're a brain and you don't have to use a calculator. Okay. So you, you, you don't use hardly any of the features that is programmed in that, that iPhone. You say, well, Pastor, I use a lot of them. Do you realize an iPhone 6 can process 3.36 billion instructions per second? It is 120 million times faster than the computers used to send a man on the moon during the Apollo space program. You carry around in your pocket a computer that is more powerful than the computers that were used to send a man to the moon. Is that not amazing? In your purse, in your pocket, strapped to your side by your pistol. Um, <laughs> Everybody in Oklahoma and Texas know what I just said. If, if, if you're from New York City, I'm sorry. You have more computing power in your pocket than those people who sent a man to the moon. Now, why do you say that? The manufacturer knows what that computer, that phone can do. Now, you're created... By Almighty God, you're creating the image of God, and God knows what you're capable of. God knows your potential. He knows my potential. How do we get that potential out? How do we pull that potential out? One of the ways that we pull that out is by yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Why would we want to be filled with, yield to, directed by, taught by, comforted by? We need a helper to pull out that potential. And the Bible says we have that helper through the power and the witness and the person of the Holy Spirit. The help the Holy Spirit brings out our potential in ways that we could never ever do. Where our human wisdom ends, the helper, the Holy Spirit, begins and has no ending. No ending. I, I, the, the car I drive does amazing things. It does things I don't even know what it does. 
We were out yesterday and uh, we were on the, uh, uh, the 287 uh, highway down in Texas and the car kind of slowed down in front of me and my car just broke kind of abruptly. And Carrie said, why are you breaking so fast? I said, I didn't break, the car broke. The car stopped us. I found out that my car will dim the lights and put them on bright and, 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 and put them back without me helping. I, I don't have to use my phone to talk. My car will talk through my phone for me. And so you, you just say, call so-and-so. Calling so-and-so. Call Jack. I'm calling Jack. I don't have to text. You know, you shouldn't text and drive. I text and drive through my car. I plug my phone in, and if I get a, a, a text, my car says, you just got an email from so-and-so. Would you like to hear it? And I say yes, and it will read me my text. Would you like to respond? Yes, I would. <laughs> and it says, what would you like to say? And I say what I want to say. Would you like to send that? Please do. Or I'll get a text, would you like to respond? And I say, no. It's Matt. I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> no. But the manufacturer knows the potential. And sometimes we never tap the potential that's available. Let me say something about you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made in the image of Almighty God. You have potential that God only knows what's in you. And it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit, the witness of the Holy Spirit, to bring out that potential in your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. For four years, no one, no one thought, for years and years, no one thought a human being could run the mile in less than four minutes. For years and years, they never thought that. And then in 1954, a medical student by the name of Roger Bannister at Oxford, England, ran a mile in less than four minutes. And people said this before he broke that four-minute barrier. He, 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 he can't do that. It's physically impossible for a human being to run a mile in less than four minutes. We're not capable of it. We're not designed to do that. Our respiratory system can't handle that. We can't run that fast. Well, hello, he did it. And since then, 1,400 other people have done that. Not me, but other people have done that. They have broke the four-minute mile barrier. And so... You know, when people say you can't, guess what? You can do more than what you realize you can do, especially if you have a helper. And if you have a helper, you can do things that you never thought you could do. I remember when we got ready to move to this location and build this campus. You know, we decided we're going to raise a million dollars in cash. Well, that went over good. People thought, we'll never raise a million dollars. And we did. God helped us. Amen? Then when we began to move, people began to say, well, I think that's a bad bad mistake because you're going to be out in the middle of a cow pasture. You're not even in town. People won't drive that far. They won't come to a church out in the middle of nowhere. Well, guess what? They did. How many of you know God knows? Human wisdom will not always get it done. We have to rely on the wisdom of the Spirit. We have to have things that we see that we know beyond our own human reasoning. Let me give you a verse. Take your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want to take the last part of that chapter. And I, I've never preached on this. And when I finish, you may say, don't ever preach on this again. But let me tell you, you're going to get something good out of this. Because the first thing is, we've got to have more than human reasoning. The second thing is, there are things that are not known to us and must be revealed. How many of you know you don't know anything like you should? 
There are things that you need to know that you don't know. Verse 7, but we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Paul says, for our help, for our glory, God has given us secret wisdom, hidden wisdom, things that we need to know that we don't know, but God's going to reveal those things to us. So notice this, secret, mystery, hidden, the things that you need to know, but they're hidden from human reasoning. You say, well, what does that sound like, Pastor? Well, look at verse 9. But as it is written, he goes all the way back to Isaiah. He picks up two scriptures out of Isaiah. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Say that with me. Through his spirit. How do we know those things? They've been revealed to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You know, David as a teenage boy, he could have gotten into this mode. I am defined by what my father says about me and what my brothers say about me. How many of you know that didn't seem to go very well for him in the, in the beginning? But one day a prophet by the name of Samuel showed up at the house of Jesse. And he's going to anoint a new king. Jesse brought all the boys in but David. And all those boys passed by. And God said, none of those are mine. None of those are going to be the king. And then he says to Jesse, is there any more boys? He said, well, I got one more, the youngest teenage kid, kind of gangly, you know, got, got, got a little uh, teenage uh, uh, stuff going on with him. Didn't even call him. He says, well, bring him in. David comes in, and when David walks in, God says to the prophet, that's my guy. And he picks up the, the horn of anointing oil. And oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know today we're anointed by the Holy Spirit? Back then they actually poured the oil over their head. Now today we're kind of real cream believers. A little dab will do you. But uh, back then, I mean, okay. They, they poured the whole thing on David's head. It was a type of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. David never realized the potential that was in him until that day the anointing went over him. God saw in David more than a shepherd boy. He's a king. He's a warrior. He's a prophet. He's a poet. He, he's a writer. He's a musician. And all of those qualities become evident in David's life. They're, they're drawn out of his life when the anointing all is poured over his life. And there's a development, there's a potential that's drawn out of David's life. What about Gideon? Remember when the Midianites, they, they covered the ground? They, they had them in captivity for, what, about seven years? And God spoke to an angel, and he said, Gideon, you mighty men of valor. And Gideon saying, are you talking to me? Because this guy's afraid. He's hiding. But God saw something in Gideon that Gideon didn't see in himself. Human wisdom can't always get it done, right? So God began to pull out the potential out of Gideon's life. How can common fishermen and tax collectors be the people that by the world standard in your Bible say these are the people who turn the world upside down? How does that happen? When you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you have the power of God working in your life, how many of you know you have potential that God pulls out of your life. Steve uh, brought me a note this morning. I was walking in to preach and Mr. TV Ball handed me a sticky note. And the sticky note had my name on it said hello and had the name of a guy that I went to college with. 
And I said, well, where did you get this? He said, I was at Fort Seal working on base, and there was a guy there, and I told him I was from this area and asked if, if I knew you. And I said, yeah, he's my pastor. And I said, did he say anything bad about me? <laughs> and he said, no. He said, how do you know him? I said, we went to college together. How many of you had a B.C.? Uh, before Christ. So that's how I knew him, before Christ. So anyway, thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit to turn a person around and bring things out of them that should be out and get some things out of them that should be out. Can I hear an amen? So therefore, we have to have some things that are revealed to us and bring out our potential. Now, it's those hidden things, those mysterious things, those things that only the Holy Spirit can bring out. How can a guy called Saul of Tarsus, who killed Christians persecuted the church, how could he become an apostle Paul? Because one day on the road to Damascus, he had a Jesus encounter, and I want to tell you, the Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and this Saul of Tarsus became the apostle Paul, who's one of the greatest missionaries of all time, did turn the world upside down. That's how God works. He sees things in us we don't see. He makes us the person that we never were, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. How can he do that? It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's how that works. So the spirit of the Lord helps us, and through Christ we can do all things through him who strengthens us. Here's the third thing. It's only through the Holy Spirit we can understand what God thinks and how he operates. Now that's a bold statement, isn't it? I'm saying we can understand how God thinks. Well, listen to verses 11 and 12. This is 1 Corinthians 2 again. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? I don't know what you're thinking right now, and you don't know what I'm thinking right now. And how many of you know that can be a very good thing? You don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. I can see you. I can see your demeanor. But I really don't know what you're thinking. But notice what he says. But the person, their spirit knows... So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Now, I've underlined this for emphasis, and I want you to look at this. No one comprehends the thoughts of God. <clears throat> Would you agree with that statement? Except the Spirit of God. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So you, you know what he's saying? You cannot think like me. You don't know how I operate. You don't know my ways. And you know what? I believe Isaiah 55. How many of you believe that? You can't think like God. You don't know how God operates. God does some weird things. How many of you know God does some weird things according to our understanding? You know what he says? If you give, if you give, he says, I will return that gift to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men heap to your bosom. That makes no earthly sense. 
That makes no human sense. How in the world can I give something away and it comes back to me in a greater way? That make any, that, that's beyond human reasoning. How can I, if I need water, I go to a rock and, and water comes out of the rock? How many of you know that makes no earthly sense? If I need food, how many of you know it usually doesn't drop out of the sky? That makes no earthly sense. You know what? God thinks different than us. He does things different than us. He moves different from us. And he says, Mike, there's no way you can know my thoughts. There's no way you can know my ways except, except, say that with me, except verse number 11, except I have the Spirit of God. No one can know or comprehend the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And since I have the Spirit of God within me, and since you have the Spirit of God within you, now what's possible? Now you can understand how God thinks, and you can understand how God moves, and you can understand how God operates, not because of human reasoning, but because you now have the Spirit of of God, you have the Holy Spirit living in you to give you an indication how God thinks and how God operates. Isn't that amazing that we could absolutely do that? Here's the fourth thing. It's only by the Holy Spirit we understand what God has freely given to us. Look there at verse 12. Now we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. Now notice the word freely given. I can't earn it. I can't work for it. It's freely given to me. It is a gift of grace. There are things that are given to us. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. So there are things given to us, freely given to us, that we have, and we will not understand all those things unless we receive the Spirit of God. Well, what things? Spiritual gifts. We can produce spiritual fruit through those uh, things. Spiritual power, spiritual mind, spiritual armor. How many of you know you cannot go to the clothing store and buy spiritual armor? You have to get that from where? You have to get that from God. So these are precious gifts that we understand through the Spirit of the Lord. They're charis or grace gifts. Matter of fact, most of you know Acts 2. It's the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit falls. And he said, Peter responding to those who said, what shall we do? He said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift, say that with me, the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is the gift that keeps on giving? The Holy Spirit is the gift that keeps on giving. So I received the Holy Spirit the gift, and then the Holy Spirit shows me the gifts that are freely given through God. Now, th this is interesting because I want to close with number five here. The Holy Spirit searches out the good, the bad, and the ugly in us. How many of you know you have the good, the bad, and the ugly in you? Okay, five people know that. How many of you know you have the good, the bad, and the ugly in you? The Holy Spirit searches out the good, the bad, and the ugly in you. And I know no one's good but God, but since God is in you, there's good in you. But I do know this, that when I became a believer, and this is what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will convince the world of sin. How many of you had to be convinced of sin before you came to Jesus? You did. 
There was something down in your heart that said, you need to get right with God. That's the Holy Spirit. Not condemning you in your sin, but convincing you of your sin. Drawing you to Jesus, who's the Savior. Now, I would like to say the Holy Spirit only did that to me when I got saved. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit is still convincing you of sin? Hey, you talked ugly. You have a little pride. You have a little arrogance. You need to go make that up. You need to get right with that person. You're destroying this relationship. You should become a better husband. You should become a better father. You should be a better wife. You should be a better mother. So the Holy Spirit's doing what? The Holy Spirit is convincing us, teaching us, helping us not to destroy us, but to develop us. Now, I want you to think about this. Not to destroy us, but to develop us. Look at verses 11 and 12, chapter 2. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Say that with me. The Spirit searches all things. So the Holy Spirit is searching us and our life to develop us and not to destroy us. Yesterday, Carrie, Matt, Stephanie, and I went shopping. And uh, I don't know what it's like for you when you get out in public. It's always interesting for me. Y'all are so holy. Some people are quite entertaining. I do not know how they function. So let me just give you a little trip of my, or our outing yesterday. Um, many of these people have serious issues, I'm just telling you. And you just wonder about them. And here's just a glimpse. There were those around me who reeked with body odor. Some were dressed in very unusual ways. One man was fumbling through the cigarette disposal container looking for little pieces of cigarettes so he could continue to smoke. Many of those people you could tell had seen better days. Drugs, alcoholism, rough living, rough life. You could see it right in their face. Some were just shells of people. Um, you could tell life had taken its toll on a lot of those people. Most of them just looked like life had just beaten them up. And, and really it's sad. And, and, you know, I've been thinking about this for two or three days. And, and I want to end on this because I think you'll understand what I'm saying. This is what Paul said. He said there's the spirit of the world and then there's the Holy Spirit. There's the spirit of the world, and then there's the Holy Spirit. Hold up your left hand. There's the spirit of the world, right hand, there's the Holy Spirit. You're going to be led by one of the two. You're going to be led by one of the two. And let me tell you something. Movies, entertainment, television, the media, music is pushing the spirit of the world. And, and there's pleasure in it for a season. And, and this is what you see, and this is what our young people are faced with. We're all faced with it, no matter what your age is. This looks good, sounds good, feels good, and it is good for a season. And then after a period of time, you go shopping with Mike, and you look at some of these people, and what was good 20 years ago, or last year, or five years ago, has now decimated their lives. Their marriage is broken up. They're physically erect. They're addicted. They're hooked. Now they look like they're 60 years old. They're only 30 years old. What have they done? They have been filled with, led by, and listened to the spirit of the world. And God is saying, no. I have given you a gift. It is my spirit. 
There is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Not three gods, one God. And God is saying, I can put a gift in your life, the Holy Spirit, that will make more of you than you could ever do by yourself. And for you, it's a mystery. It's a revelation. And you don't know how I think. You don't know how I operate. But if you will get filled with my spirit, you will know how I think and you will know how I operate. Or we can come to church, listen to a sermon, and leave the same way we've always left. Or we can say, you know what? I have choices. This is a bad choice. This is a good choice over here. And then this is uh, sometimes the difference. Sometimes we think things happen to us or we get caught up with the spirit of the world of that lifestyle. And Listen, nobody here has always been a Christian. You're not born a Christian. You're born again a Christian. How many of you understood what I just said? I'm not a Christian because my parents were a Christian. I had to make my mind up to be a Christian. It was my will. I had to, by faith, answer the call of the Holy Spirit to come to Jesus Christ. How many of you understand what I just said? So therefore, it is a choice. And the Holy Spirit lifts us up. But the world eventually will take us down. That's not to condemn people who's had a rough life or they're going through tough times. Because we've all been there. Nobody is righteous. None are what they should be. But here's the good news. The Holy Spirit can take us in a direction that can pull the potential out of us. But let me tell you what the spirit of the world will do. It will take you and diminish you and not lift you up. Most of you know who Bethany Hamilton is. You ever watched the movie Soul Surfer? 13-year-old teenage girl surfing. And a shark comes along and bites off her left arm. I read a little article and she said it sounded like someone eating steak. Isn't that horrible? The shark comes along and bites off her left arm. And this young lady, 13 years old, probably wondering if she's even going to live. She gets to the shore. They put a tourniquet around her shoulder. They save her life. But this is what I know. You're created for balance. If you lose your left arm your balance is completely taken off. She had to learn how to surf again without a left arm because you know what you're doing. You're balancing yourself. A few years after that horrible event of that shark taking her left arm off, she won the Women's National Surfing Championship. Now, think about this. Could she be saying, I wonder if this is it for me. I wonder if this is the end of the line for me. My life will never be the same, and certainly it, it, it wasn't. But this is what I want you to catch. I think down in our hearts, I think David heard it. I think Gideon heard it. I think those by the Sea of Galilee heard it. I think some of the tax collectors heard it, the publicans. I think Saul of Tarsus heard it, and I think you're hearing it today. This is not all you are going to be. Anybody feel like a shark's been working on you? Old Brother Ben used to say this. Yeah, I believe Jonah was swallowed by a whale. He said, I've been being nibbled on by tadpoles all my life. 
<laughs> Have you felt like there's been this big event that happened? A marriage, a divorce, uh, an addiction, uh, a relationship gone wrong, financial ruin. Maybe you committed some kind of thing that you shouldn't commit. And you say, man, is this it? Am I confined to live this way? And the answer is absolutely not. Because you have a helper. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to be in that condition anymore. You have some choices, and you can do things you never thought you could do. Why? God's going to give you the help and the power and the comfort and the teaching and everything you need to become everything he wants you to be. Why? Because he loves you. More than you could ever imagine, he loves you. So listen. Your best is yet to come. You know why? God's going to continue to work on your life. He's going to continue to work on my life. You say, well, Pastor Mike, I'm older. Well, hello. Well, I'm too young. Well, hello. The enemy will tell you anything that you will buy. But I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit is still working in the lives of believers today and still wanting to come into the lives of those who will open up and obey the Lord and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want you to bow your head with me right now. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.